0: Turn with me to Galatians chapter number two for just a few moments. We're going to be over in the book of Acts and also in the book of 1 Corinthians here in a few minutes. Lord Andrew, thank you Uh, to you and your family. What a blessing. Y'all have been a tremendous encouragement over the last couple of years and have uh, become some great friends of ours. And I'm, I'm honored that you're here today with your family. Galatians chapter number two, you come to a, a verse that I want to draw your attention to. We're going through this series right now on, on things that, that strengthen the church, things that strengthen the child of God, they, they grow, things that kill the child of God, things that kill the church, and, and we've, we've dealt with the word of God and we've dealt with pride. Polar opposites. The word of God is, is vital to growth in the local church and the child of God's life and you need the word of God. It is the word of God. That's, that's why we're here this morning. Pride is on the opposite side. Man, pride gets in the way, and pride, the root of sin, and you begin to think of all the danger and all of the, 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 the trouble and all of the, the, the danger that it brings upon your life, and it, it begins to destroy your life if you begin to let pride in. And let me ask you this question this morning. As you have come to the house of God, many of us, as we've come to the house of God, our, our hearts are probably stirred this morning as we have heard such wonderful music all day. You've probably had your heart stirred in revival meetings and missions conferences and youth rallies and youth conferences and, and Sunday school hour and your own dev- devotional life. All of those times whenever you've had your heart stirred and you've really been stirred up to do something, yet sometimes we just don't do anything with it. We ask ourselves this question because you look at some Christians' lives and you, we begin to evaluate and we say, man, that Christian, they're, they're sold out. They're doing something for God. What, what's the difference? You know, sometimes we compare and we say, well, they're more talented. No, it has nothing to do with it. We say, well, they're, they're more gifted. They're, they're, they, they have better resources or they're, they're able to do this and I'm not able to do this. No, it has nothing to do with it. You see, it's been said in many cases that the greatest ability is your availability. Sometimes we look and we say, well, I can't sing, so I can't serve the Lord. I can't do this, so I can't... No, it has nothing to do with that. Let me ask you this question this morning. Have you come to a place in your own life as a child of God where you said, Lord, I yield my life to you? This morning, we come to a portion of Scripture, and you are very familiar with a man by the name of Paul in Scripture. Paul's life was radically changed. It was completely changed, flipped upside down, and he began to go from persecuting the church and persecuting the Christian to sharing the gospel. And here in a few moments, you're going to see that all his life's goal was to just tell people about Jesus. He wasn't there for promotions. As a matter of fact, he would walk into towns. you're going to see this here in a little while, and he would, he would preach the gospel, and, and there were certain crowds that would say, oh, he's just doing this for gain, and he's just doing this for finances, he's just doing this so they do this for him. He says, no, no, I, I've come into cities, I've, I've gone to places where I just simply wanted to preach the gospel. It wasn't about this, it wasn't about that, I just want to get the name of Jesus out there. There was somewhere along the lines of of Paul's life uh, when he was traveling, somewhere in his life where his life was completely changed, and then somewhere along the way, Paul understood something vital to the Christian life. Every single one of us here, if you're a child of God, you're living. You're going to go on with your life, you're going to do things, but sometimes you look at your life and you say, you know what, I'm not thriving. God didn't intend for you to make it through the Christian life to limp through, to, to, to lollygag through. He didn't intend for you to, to kind of have glimpses of His glory. No, He desires that every single day you'd wake up. And his Psalm 19 deals with just get a, a perfect view of His handiwork and how wonderful He is. Get a picture of the glory of God. In Galatians chapter number 2, you see that the Bible says in verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What a Savior. What a Savior. Somewhere along the way in Paul's life, he understood some things. And Paul understood that I must yield my life to Christ if he's ever going to do what he desires to do with my life. Let me ask you this question. We were in our Sunday school hour and and I was asking some questions. We're dealing with the grace of God in our prayer life and in many areas. And we need the grace of God. If this morning you were to surrender your life to the Lord, you say, Lord, I'm giving my life to you, but I want to know all the final details of everything. And the Lord were to just very simply say, you're not going to get all of that, would you still be willing to surrender your life? If the Lord said, hey, I'm going to to take you through some things, I'm going to bring you through some areas of your life, and there's going to be seasons that are difficult, there's going to be times that you're going to question things, you're going to wonder, Lord, what are you doing? And you're not going to get to see all that, would you still be willing to surrender? If the Lord desired to do something in your home and do something in your family, and he said, hey, I want to do this, but I'm not going to reveal exactly how it's going to go, would you still be willing to surrender? You see, the Lord has dealt with me in this area many, many times. And I shared this this morning in our Sunday school hour, but Psalm 78, there was a time in my life that God was using Psalm 78, the statement, can God in such a powerful way. Because it was in that season of my life where the Lord began to reveal that He could do some things, but I was unwilling to yield some of those things to Him because I had a picture of how my life ought to go. I remember praying and asking the Lord if He could provide the perfect situation for my, my wife and I to serve in a local church, and if He could provide financially, if He could do all of these things, That I had a picture in my mind of how it ought to look. We got married in October of 2015, and by December of 2015, Brother Dalton was asking if I would pray about Pastor Church. said, hey, this is not how it's supposed to go. Lord, I said I was willing to serve, and I was willing to do this, and I was willing to do that, but I did not sign up for this. And through much prayer, through much... Uh, laboring in prayer and open doors and closed doors, the Lord began to reveal to me that this was the will of God for our lives and this is where He would have for us and all of those many things. But it took some time in my life for me to realize that I was asking all along, can God do these things? But I had never yielded my way that I thought it should go. You see, I had surrendered to the Lord, but I had not surrendered my way of how I wanted the Lord to do certain things. Some of you are praying about some things right this very moment. You say, Lord, I'm giving it to you, but have you given the way you think it ought to happen? You say, Lord, I'm surrendering my life to you and I'm surrendering, uh, you know, all of my talents. But have you surrendered your talents in the way you think the Lord should use them? You see, we have our, our, our way of which we think the Lord ought to use us and the way the Lord ought to use our lives and how he ought to work and how he ought to answer prayers. And there come a time in Paul's life where he said, hey, it's not about all that. Go with me, if you would, for, the, to, for a few moments the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, you find that he is revealing this to us as you come. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. One of my favorite books of the Bible to study is the book of Acts. And in chapter number 20, I love this passage of Scripture. You say, how do you know that there came a time in Paul's life where he said, Lord, none of that matters. I just, I'm giving my life to you. Acts chapter number 20. Look with me for just a few moments. In verse number 20, the Bible says this. Actually, back up. Verse number 19. Serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews, and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, Not knowing the things that should befall me there, say that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse number 24 reveals that there came a time in Paul's life where he said, I don't have to know all the details. I don't have to know all the problems that I'm going to face. I don't have to know how You want to use my life in the sense of the things that are going to happen to my life or the things I'm going to go through or the situations I'm going to face. I don't have to, I don't have to know all the minor details of the people I'm going to cross paths with and uh, the, the situations I'm going to encounter. I don't have to, to know all of the details of how You're going to use my life in this city and how You're going to lose, use my life in this city. Lord, I'm just yielding to You. The Bible tells us in verse number 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Go with me for just a moment to 1 Corinthians, holding your place there in Acts chapter number 20. As you go to the book of 1 Corinthians, you see... In chapter number 9, that Paul is dealing with some things. And as you go and you kind of walk through this passage of Scripture, you'll find that he has encountered some people who are trying to stir some things up. Trying to cause some issues, if you would. And this morning, you come to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9. In verse number 16, the Bible says this. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul understood that within his life he had been given some things and he had been directed in some ways. And there came somewhere along the way where Paul said, Lord, I yield my life to you. One of the great struggles within the Christian life that many of us battle, is that many of us, while we are great Christians that are faithful to the house of God, we might give, and we might serve, and we might do these things. There are many Christians sitting in churches today that have not truly surrendered their life and said, Lord, I yield my life to you. You see, yielding your life to the Lord is more than being a Sunday school teacher. It's more than being a pastor. It's more than being a preacher. It's more than just yielding certain areas of your life. No, it's yielding every single area of your life and saying, Lord, I give you all of me. Paul understood this within his life whenever he began to reveal these things. And he is very simply saying, hey, I'm crucified with God. My life is laid at the the feet of Jesus. Lord, whatever you desire to do, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, if that means you take me here, then take me here. If that means you do this, then do this. If that means you want to guide me here, then Lord, whatever it is, I say yes to. Many Christians are sitting in churches right this very moment because they are so miserable and wondering, Lord, what do you have for me? And he's saying, I have this, but you won't go. I have this, but you won't talk. I have this, but you won't serve. I have all of these things, but you're wondering, Lord, what can I do? But you won't surrender. One of the greatest decisions of my life was July 15, 2009. It is the greatest decision of my life. It's when I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. The greatest decision of my life. Completely changed my life. I grew up playing basketball and that was my life. And it was then at that moment when I knew that Lord was doing something different. So January of the following year, 2010, I finally surrendered to preach. I didn't have a clue what all that meant. People say, Well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I just know the Lord's called me to preach, and I've got to preach. I remember we were just watching a video just the other day of my my in-laws 20th anniversary video. Holly wanted to watch that. And I remember I was sitting there on the couch and Holly was watching. I said, that's where I preached my first message. That church, behind that pulpit, and that gymnasium. I remember the difference that the Lord had made in my life and all of the many things the Lord was doing. I remember going back to Indiana and there were people that knew me as a kid and that they, they, they would have conversation. I remember my mom calling me and saying she had talked with my third grade teacher, Miss Gant. And my fifth grade teacher's aide that was there. And they were talking and they were asking questions about the family. She said, well, Josh is in Bible college. He's studying to be a preacher. She said, no way. You say, did you get offended? No, because that's the difference Jesus made in my life. There came a a way, somewhere along the way within my life, that the Lord just began to reveal that, hey, you can keep holding on to these things, but you're missing all the blessings of just simply saying, Lord, I lay my life on the altar. You see, many times in our own lives, we wonder, Lord, why am I so unhappy? It's because you're holding on to your life, and it was never meant for you to hold on to. The Lord says, give it to me. This morning, you've come into the house of God and you're still holding on to that piece of paper with all of your plans and all of your ideas and all of your goals and all of your life's challenges that you want to accomplish and the achievements you want to be able to look back on and all of those many things. And you're saying, hey, I keep accomplishing all these things, but I'm still miserable. That's because Jesus is much greater than any accomplishment this earth can provide. Living for Jesus is much sweeter than anything this world has to offer you go to Psalm 50 with me for just a moment, look with me if you would for just a minute in Psalm 50 because you see the encouragement and all of the, the emphasis here on praising the Lord and how wonderful He is. Holding your place there as you look at these words, Praise ye the Lord, praise God in this sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with a psaltery and heart, praise him with a timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise him upon the loud cymbals, praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Woo. What a savior. I was sitting there listening to the the, the music that was being sung. And I don't know about you, I wasn't listening to the, the voices. I was listening to the words. And it was those words that were helping me to understand that that is my God. That is my Savior that they're singing about. And He loves me. And He died for me. He has a purpose for me. He has a plan for me and I can go about my life, and I can do this, and I can do that, I can go all these places, I can accomplish all of these things, but if my life at the end, I look back and I say, hey, I did all of this, but I missed what Jesus had for me, then did I really accomplish anything? You see, as you come to the life of Paul, turning back to Acts chapter number 20 for just a moment, Paul's life was completely changed. I love this passage of Scripture and truthfully there's so much here and as you walk through this passage of Scripture we're going to be here next week as well. Because you say I want to be strengthened I want to grow in my life with the Lord I want to grow in my walk with the Lord I want to do all of the things the Lord desires and you must come to the place of yielding your life to Him. We go on vacation every year and when Jackson and many of the kids, you know, you've probably experienced this before. Sometimes we stay on the bay. Sometimes we stay on the gulf. And I remember we stayed at a, a house that had a big dock you could run and jump off of. And we, we'd have a time doing that. But as, as little kids, they're afraid to jump off. And and there are times whenever they're wanting to, and they'll be standing on the, the edge right there, and they're, they're, they're right here, and Dad is down there saying, hey, just jump. I'll catch you. I, 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 I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let go of you. And finally, that child jumps. And what do they want to do? They want to climb back up on the ladder. They want to get back up there. They want to jump again. They want to climb back up on the ladder. They want to jump down again. Why? Because they know Dad is going to catch them. Can I ask you this question? You're you're fighting the will of God for your life. You're fighting surrendering because you're saying in your head, Lord, I I don't know what that... Hey, he's never failed you before. I'll tell you what, I I don't know about you. I'm tired of getting a glimpse of who my God is. I don't just want to go through my life and say, yeah, I remember when God did that. Hey, that was a a good month right there. Hey, that was a good year. No, every single day I want to stand in awe of who my Savior is. I want to wake up and say, man, Lord, this day is yours. I I yield my life to you. Lord, none of the things in this life are going to move me. None of the the trials are going to move me. None of the, the problems are going to move me. None of these things are going to move me. Lord, you're worthy of everything. I want to stand in awe of who my Savior is. And he says in verse number 24 of Acts 20, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. I might finish my course with joy. There are times in our lives as Christians where we struggle, and we go through seasons of difficulty, and we're wondering, Lord, what do you desire to do? And it was D.L. Moody who, I've shared this before with you, said the world has yet to see what God can do through a man fully dedicated to him. And see, that statement is oftentimes applied to Moody. But Moody was sitting in a service when he heard this challenge, and as it completely changed his life, Moody decided right then and there, Lord, I'm tired of playing games. I'm all in. I'm I'm yielding my life to you. Henry Varley made this statement, The world has yet to see what God can do with, for, through, and in a man who is fully and wholly consecrated to Him. As you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you'll see some things unfolding, and you'll see that Paul has to begin to deal with his intentions with the people and relay that information and say, hey, my intentions was never about me. It was never about gain. It was always about the gospel. And I'll tell you right now, we don't have long this morning, and so we'll kind of wrap it up, catch back up next week. But you get a hold of who Jesus is power of the Gospel. And you can't help it. every single day say, Lord, I just want my life to be used by you. Lord, I yield myself to you. Lord, if you're calling me to do this, then Lord, yes, I say yes. On the front row right here this morning, we have two young men who have surrendered their life to preach. We have a man on the front row who has surrendered his life to preach. We have another man who has surrendered his life to preach two rows back. We have individuals within our church who are praying about some things and saying, Lord, I, I desire to be used. And some of you have come to the place where you say, Lord, whatever. Hey, Brother Dustin, you scared? Yeah, absolutely. It's not about us. I remember getting up and preaching the very first time, and and I'll tell you what, I thought I preached for 25 minutes. And get done, it was like four and a half minutes. <laughs> you know? And you're you're walking off the platform. Wow, that was the longest half hour of my life. You know? Four minutes. Then as you begin to get alone with the Lord, you can't help but stop talking about Him. I'll tell you right now. Paul understood some things. As you look with me one last time in 1 Corinthians, as he makes this statement, chapter number 9, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. Pauliner said, "Hey, he's just a servant of the Lord. It's not about him. It's not anything he's accomplished." He says, "For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me; yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel." In Acts chapter number 20, when he speaks of being bound, it wasn't that he felt obligated. He couldn't help but, because he was controlled by the Holy Spirit to do these things. I've got to. If you go out into this lost and dying world, there are people you come in contact with. People who need a little glimpse of hope, and the hope is not found in you. The hope is not found in our words. The hope is found in Jesus alone. Can I encourage you this morning? You say, I want my life to be used. Have you yielded it to Him? I remember yielding it back then, but I haven't really done anything. Can I encourage you today? Surrender your all. It's time, Christians, stop talking about it and we start being about it. There's too great an opportunity right before us to reach this world and to reach people. And Paul says, none of these things are going to move me. Hey, Paul, you're going to be going through some shipwrecks. It doesn't matter, Lord, I yield my life to you. Paul, you're going to be beaten. It doesn't matter, Lord, I, I yield my life to you. Paul, you don't understand. You're going to be in prison. It doesn't matter. Lord, I yield my life to you. Lord, whatever you have for me, I say yes. There are things that you're going to go through. There are things that you're going to wonder, Lord, why did that happen? And if you yield your life to the Lord, you'll come to realize you stand in awe of Him, even in your trials, in your troubles, in your pain, in your hurt. Because even in those times when you're saying, Lord, I don't understand, He's still wonderful. He's there right in the midst of it. He's comforting you. He's guiding you. He's he's right there saying, hey, child, just hold on. Just hold on. Just as wonderful He is on the mountaintop, He's still wonderful in the valley. But can you know what I'm talking about. Many of you do this morning. Can I encourage you this morning? We'll get back to this next week. You say, I want to grow. I want the church to grow. I wonder what God could do with Gateway Baptist Church. Gateway Baptist Church was full of Christians who said, I want to be fully and wholly consecrated unto Him. Lord, I yield my life to You. Lord, my life is at the altar. Whatever You say, I say yes to Would You consider, consider, consider this. Surrender Your life to the Lord. Lord, we do thank You. Lord, there's so much that we want to deal with, but Lord, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Lord, we, I truly believe we have met with You in a special way this morning. Lord, we thank You for everything. Lord, there's so much we want to find ourselves gleaning and getting into. and We want to be strengthened on a daily basis. And Lord, we need to yield our lives to You. Stop playing with the games and wondering what could be and just say, Lord, I'm all in. I'm, I'm, I'm given. I'm surrendered. I yield my life to You. Is it scary? Absolutely. We thank You for being a gracious God who's leading us. I thank You for the statement that I heard this week that helped me. Lord, that You didn't lead us to leave us. And I pray that You would help us now. May You find Gateway Baptist Church and the people of Gateway Baptist Church being a people who are wholly consecrated to You. May we surrender our all, lay it on the altar, and yield our lives to You. Whatever that may be, whatever that looks like, whatever that brings, may we say yes. Be with this time. Bless it. We'll thank You for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray.